Hello my lovelies, I'm Jay Akronensai and I wanted to share a few thoughts that I had last night actually. I know I did that long unedited ramble right before the Aquarius new moon. Uh, one of the reasons that I did that w- was a very personal reason was because it made me uncomfortable to do it. Um, it's why I, I recorded it, I stayed up and I made sure I posted it. I didn't wait until the next day because I would have rethought it. But I just wanted, uh, there's different things that I'm trying out. A lot of you guys already know that. But this is kind of, um, it's not exactly a part two, but it's leading on from that, the first talk that I did, right? The, the I was going to say the High Priestess one, the Integrating Tools part one. And I was going to do a part two and break it down. And actually there was a part three as well, right? And the part three is where the first two have happened and nothing's changed or things are still difficult. What do we do then? But I don't actually feel like breaking them down and doing it. And a lot of you guys know, I, if those of you on the Discord server know that I had a fever for three days. I was really ill um, for three days this week. Just random, mysterious fever haven't got a cold haven't got flu haven't got anything haven't got a bug or maybe i had a bug i don't know um it was an interesting three days where it felt almost i'm going to get a little bit aquarian on you guys it felt like a um like i time traveled for three days and i don't mean that literally i mean that in terms of i got a taste of what it felt like to be really ill um and those of you that know me know that that was when Pluto crossed my ascendant I got very ill for I spent seven years in a bed basically seven years in a bed story so it was I got to time travel a little bit and realize a a lot of things and what's been happening but last night so I I started the Pisces seasonals yesterday they will be going up but I wanted to just add this because I had a few thoughts come up and I don't want to do like a whole talk around them I just want to throw them out there so you can consider them because there are they are themes that have come up for me they've been coming up for a few years I have done the whole I statement part of this why do I feel this way what is going on and really if I was going to be talking from the point of view of the integrating tool steps this would be, be step three Step three is where you think, okay, fine, I've done the I statements. Step two would be try to change the dance, bring in different structure, you you know, talked about things maybe even. But then step three is where it's still the same, right? The the you entertaining certain behavior or engaging with it actually enables it. That's where you are feeding it, right? So you've checked within yourself. You've tried to have some kind of a conversation or understanding with the other person or with the situation, right? Work, whatever it may be. And then in the third bit is where you just realize this is just perpetuating it. Because when we stop and when we discuss things with someone or say, hey, you know, what's going on here or whatever, it doesn't always help. And you guys may have heard me say this before, that one of my least favorite ways of concluding a conversation is we'll have to agree to disagree I don't like that now I don't mean in terms of what's happening on the news like who gives a shit I don't really have those kinds of conversations and I have no need to agree or disagree um, when it comes to people's opinions on world matters I'm talking specifically about how two people feel in a relationship or in a dynamic, be that family, be that, you know, friendship, be that a lover, that agree to disagree is asking for trouble, right? It's asking for trouble. So I have been thinking a lot about this stuff and I have been um dealing, and I'm going to use the word dealing, a lot with the aftermath of the stuff that I've posted. And it wasn't just one person, it's been tons of people who have approached me have talked to me things have come up what they've said to me and it's been very eye-opening from a very personal place this is not very Aquarian insight related it's very personal and you know as you guys know I am a human being I am a person I am going through changes and transitions the same as you guys and you know where for you guys listening to this this is about theory or spirituality or you know ideas or whatever it may be for you I don't know what it is I mean I've really been questioning what a lot of this is for some people but 
for me, this is the work that I do. This is, so, you know, think about how you relate to your career or your work, right? For a long time, this Aquarian Insight has been that for me. So it's, it's functioning on a different level as well. I've had a, you know, a, a lot of things coming and a lot of that I kind of shared in the unedited ramble, um, that I did, but having started and I've recorded the outro and I've done the Pisces reading as well for Pisces season. A lot of it feels like integrating these tools. And what does that come? Like, that's a very fancy term. What does integrating tools mean? It means you can talk the talk. So let's just be blunt, right? It's the end of Aquarius season. I'm just going to be totally blunt. No kind of like pandering to emotions. I mean, I'll tell you why, because I feel like I do that anyway, because I, I deeply have compassion for people. I understand everyone is trying their best. I don't know if that is direct enough or clear enough. So I'm just going to be totally direct with you, right? That when I say, oh, we're experts in shadow work and stuff, what I mean is that we can talk the talk. We can talk the talk like pros. We have the language down. We've read the spiritual books. We've been watching readings. We know the astrology. We can talk the talk. Do we walk the walk? That's what integrating tools means. If we're just completely straight up, you know, honest about it. Do we walk the walk or do we use in some way the talk that we know, right? The spiritual knowledge that we have, what we know about astrology, what we know about therapy, even what we know about psychology, what we know about anything. Do we use that to justify not walking the walk? I know that intimately in my own life, in, uh, per in my personal relationships and in, um, just doing the work that I do, right? And if you guys know me and you, you know, I'm guessing you've been with me. Some of you may have found me while I've been on Odyssey and Rumble and stuff. But those of you that knew me from YouTube, that if you see the moves that I've made, if you've seen what I've done, if you've seen whatever, I work really hard. Where my focus is, is not on the talk, it's on the walk. Uh, talking the talk is easy. You know, I could just research something right now and share that with you, right? I could pick up a book and read that to you. And I've done those things before as well, right? I can do that. I can convey information, but my job is, I don't want to convey information because, you know, we've got too much information. Information is on our fingertips. I'm one in 8 billion, right? You're one in 8 billion. And as we move forward, I think a lot of this is sharing how we see the world, what we do with it. In that sense, then we can talk about what we see, right? Do we walk as if that's what we see? That's the integrating tools. That's all it means when, you know, we've got these fancy labels of integrating tools. And one of the themes that's come up immediately around um, Pisces, and I think it's really important to consider it. You know, I say always, I'm not an astrologer, but I understand astrology. I understand the archetypes. I have philosophies and ideas that are born from meditating on, you know, um, astrological meanings and themes associate archetypes associated with the signs. Um, I share some of that in the Pisces outro and I do the same with everything, right? It, that's just how I function. Some may say it's my Sagittarius rising, whatever, right? But one of the themes that comes up immediately around Pisces as we move leaving Aquarius, I'm going to come back to Aquarius in a moment, but as we're moving into Pisces is self-imposed suffering. And sometimes that self-imposed suffering comes from talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Now the North Node is in Aries, right? And, and so that is very much, a, it's about walking the walk. That's what Aries is, right? Walk it. Let's do it. Let's show up as it. Who am I? You know, how do I move forward? How do I take action? How do I show up as who I am? That's Aries. Now we do that anyway. There's no way you cannot show up as who you are. And hopefully I showed you that in the, you know, with the I statements and stuff. We always show up as who we are from our own perspective, but it's just what we're consciously aware of and what we're not consciously aware of. And part of that North Node in Aries, I think, is not just owning like where we're strong and where we're warriors and where we need to do this. A lot of that spiritual warrior stuff is also to own where the, who we are showing up as. That may be who we are in that moment, but it's not representative of who we aspire to be or how we could be. 
And that is not something that anyone, like I can't decide that. Even when I'm giving you steps, I'm giving you my steps that have worked for me. There is no implied or explicit. I just want to be very clear here because I know at least three of you didn't get that from the last talk that I did. There is no implied or explicit kind of you need to do this. You don't need to do anything. The whole thing for you now is to show up as who you are. And I even mean that for the people that are exhibiting quote unquote bad behavior. I don't spend a lot of time, you know, trying to criticize, oh, this group shouldn't be doing this. And why do they believe that? And why are they voting for this? I don't care, right? We live in a dualistic reality. There is good and bad. And the thing is, the things that I find good, somebody else may find really bad. That is not my job to police or to change that. My only kind of job to show up is to embody and to be an example of the things that I believe, of what I want to do and to navigate the world in that way. And human beings are very nuanced and very complex. I know, I don't know anyone in my own life who is 100% bad or 100% good that I enjoy 100% of the time. I don't even enjoy myself 100% of the time, right? So why would I have that expectation of other people? I don't. I don't always get it right. I don't expect other people to. I'm not perfect. I don't expect other people to be. So those kind of things of what we embody or how we embody it, that's always fluctuating and changing. Like we don't always get that part right. You know, we have this great idea. We think, okay, I'm going to try to express it in this way, but we show ourselves grace in that moment. So the reason I got self-imposed suffering for Pisces is if you, you'll hear it in the outro for the, the, for Pisces season, suffering is connected to Pisces. I'm not saying you suffer because you're a Pisces, um, and that kind of, think about that, that's very much the kind of victim narrative, which is a shadow of Pisces, right? Which again, nothing wrong with that. It's part of it. But suffering goes hand in hand with the more beautiful aspects of Pisces, you know, and we have preferences. I have preferences. If I had to choose, um, you know, if some, if, you know, I don't know, if you put someone in front of me and you said, right, you have to choose their experience. I would want them to have a beautiful experience of, you know, kindness and compassion. What I have understood, and I think what Pisces does, is with the two fish, it's it's a dual sign, right? It shows us that the same way that I said to you that what what is confidence? What what is courage? What does that mean? It means feeling the the fear or the doubt or the whatever and doing it anyway. So what is compassion and kindness and all of these things it's not when it's easy it's not when someone's behaving the way that you want them to it's not when someone is saying exactly what you you need them to say or is being lovely to you right or is being polite and most of the time that's just being polite by the way um you know someone who's being polite to you that is there's no compassion needed in that moment that's just a i'm getting what i want I'm getting treated the way I want to be treated, you know, um, compassion and kindness is needed in the face of suffering and pain. Now, this is not glorifying suffering. This is not glorifying pain, but life has suffering and life has pain. And so in those moments, this is where we show some grace to ourselves and to others. I mean, you can't show other people grace unless you show it for yourself. Some of the cruelest people that I, I've seen the way they talk to other people and the way they react to other people, the cruelty, the anger, the, they go straight in for the kill, right? When they're talking and I, I want to hug them on some level. I'm not going to hug them because that's impractical and I'm not that crazy, but I want to hug them on some level because I think shit, you must do that to yourself. That's what happens inside you, in your heart, in your head, that when you think you mess up or, or it doesn't, and think about it, the, the only time they don't do that to themselves, would you'd have to be a full-blown narcissist because then you only project that out into the world. Because you cannot face the idea of that you've messed up or that you are not getting it right or that you know, you're anything other than amazing, that it only gets projected out into the world. So when I talk about self-imposed suffering, 
and a, a lot of self-imposed suffering can come through spiritual teachings right and, and that's not because that's what it says it's because we feel like um like we're messing up in some way if we're not doing something or oh god like people like jay said this so i don't do that does that mean whatever that is self-imposed suffering when we when we know we are suffering so it could be in a relationship it could be the way someone speaks to us it could be having to deal with the same thing again and again right to remain in that situation is self-imposed suffering I don't need to bring it up. It came up last Libra seat. I'm going to bring it up, but I don't need to talk about it at length, which is the justification, right? Do we use our talk to justify the walk that we are doing or the lack of walk that we are doing? At the end of the day, right? There's no magic bullet that, you know, we're right at the tail end of um, Aquarius season and I used Goggins as a quote. And in his last talk that he did with Huberman, and he said this and he goes, we all know. He goes, we don't really need someone to sit there and tell us that, you know, you need to exercise for this amount of time. Like he's obviously talking about the physical, right? You need to exercise for this amount of time. You need to eat this. You need to do that, right? We all know that. He said, he said on some level, we know what we need to do. If you're overweight, you know, you need to lose weight. If, you know, you are feeling whatever in your body, you know, you need to get that checked. Like we know this stuff and he's talking about the physical, but I would say the same for the spiritual or this. It's not even spiritual for a more holistic approach. If, if you know, and you, you know this in yourself, that's why you don't need someone like me to tell you the way to go or what to do. If you spend all your time by yourself in your house, right, when there is m massive amounts of data, right, if you want to look at it scientifically, if you want to look at it in terms of your own happiness, your own, you know, whatever it is. In, so if you spend a lot of time alone, right, that is self-imposed suffering. And that I, I pick that example because that's very 12th house Pisces. Because and why are we doing that? It seems like the kinder option because we are, um, we're avoiding the harsh realities, which is Virgo, right? We're avoiding the harsh realities where we don't want to deal with them. We don't want to deal with the, the harsh realities of life and what goes on out there of, of dealing with people. It's hard to deal with people. I understand that, but it's hard to deal with anything based on what we are clinging to if you are clinging uh, so for example i call this week miracle week if you for, if for you having a lot of money is a miracle if for you you know being in a happy relationship is a miracle right the more we cling which is clinging to a reality or to a dream even right so i'm mixing up both i'm mixing i'm blending i'm holding together virgo and pisces if that is what you cling to i want this right i want this that is a form and that's very buddhist right that's that's a form of self-imposed suffering because you've told yourself i can only be happy if people behave this way and i've done this or until i have this thing or if my work is only received in a certain way right that is self-imposed suffering and we have to recognize that we show up as a certain person based on that suffering is awful and it does awful things to people so you know i'm not trying to glorify this i'm talking about it because in talking about self-imposed suffering right the, the self part means we can do something about it we may need help doing something about it but we can do something about it be very mindful in yourself you know this is pisces season so we're taking all of it in, we're taking in the chaos of our minds of our hearts of our dreams of our fantasies of our behaviors Pisces is we are one and we can say that plenty of times and you know I've been saying that for years but it's then understanding what that means what is the story that comes from that we can say anything part of this is and I was having this conversation with someone last night actually and you've heard me say this a lot I said it in this one as well you your job right now is to be you to be you and not because anyone tells you to be you, because that's who you are. You own it. This is who I am. I am okay with being this way. I'm not, maybe not okay with being this way, but you take ownership of it. That is, 
you know, there's no step two. There's no how to make relationships work. There's no how do I make friends or how do I do this unless you can own completely who you are. There's nothing beyond that. Well, there is, I mean, or everything lies beyond that. If that's not the first place that we come from, and again, that's not a judgment. That's not to say you should be a certain way or you shouldn't be a certain way. Just be who you are. I started off Aquarius season with that, right? Just be who you are. And in that sense, then, if you, if you, I mean, if let's use astrology, it's the easiest way. If you identify as an Aquarius, right? If you identify as an Aquarius, you're, you've got an Aquarius sun, you've got an Aquarius rising, you've got an Aquarius moon or something, right? First of all, you have to figure out what that means for you from a place of ownership, I once heard someone say about Virgo moon, um, that, oh, I've got a Virgo moon. I'm allowed to be a bitch, right? That may work for that person. And that's ownership. They're taking ownership of the fact that they're a bitch. They're taking ownership from the fact that this is what, how I, how I interpret my Virgo moon. But do I listen to that and think, oh, well, I guess I am allowed to be a bitch as well that no because I don't want to be one, right? That's, that's, and, but then there's another part to that. Just because I don't want to be a bitch doesn't mean that I'm not capable of being bitchy, even when I think I'm not, right? Or that it, it means, am I still okay with being that? Am I going to make my whole life overcompensating by being a doormat and just being, giving everyone whatever they want, just in case they, I don't want them to think that I'm a bitch, so it's very nuanced. We all have individual relationships with a lot of these kinds of things, a lot of these terms, a lot of the whatever. But I'm asking you to frame it or look at it from a place of self-imposed suffering. If my whole thing is about, I don't want to be seen as a horrible person, right? Then that is a form of self-imposed suffering. And I will take on literal suffering in my life, as in not saying shit, um, being used as a kick toy or an emotional punch bag, um, being used as whatever, right? You know, allowing that behavior in my life because I have framed it. I have framed it in myself as, oh, for me to say something here would be wrong, right? And and that's the hierophant. That's the rules of the hierophant. That the and you've heard me talk about this in readings. That the first we make those rules. If somebody is, you know, even for me saying like, you know, talk the talk, walk the walk, whatever. I have a set of rules around that. I have an idea of what embodiment is. And I don't mean to impose that on other people, but I have it for myself. I have to have it for myself. That's how I lead my life. That is what gives structure. And that's the point. That's what I think um, a lot of the point of that integrating the tools, well, basically bloody walk in the walk. Part two would be is the Hierophant gives structure to our lives. And we have structure from traditions. We have structure from rules. Um, anyone that's ever raised a child or, you know, had a pet is, you know, routines provide structure. That's more the chariot though, but, you know, routines provide ch- structure. We have, you know, we know what the situation will be. We know that dinner is going to be served at six. We know whatever that those are the structures and the rules that we have. So if there's something like, fundamentally if you think within yourself you're really good at you know you understand your why you understand your motivation you made peace with it you own it and yet you're looking at your life and your your work situation your career career same thing um your family relationships your friendships whatever they're not working it's at this point the frame or the structure is not there for it to work and that doesn't mean one person completely gets their own way but it does mean that, you know, I'm saying self-imposed suffering, we may find it a kind of suffering to have to be vulnerable, to have to show up and say to someone, you know, this isn't working, guys. Like, can we do this in a different way or whatever it may be? And take it from me, right, that I've spent more hours than I would even care to admit, right, over the last, I mean, I, I, make, I keep a note of, how long I spend watching YouTube videos or podcasts, listening to podcasts and stuff. If I'd kept a track of how much I've explained and explained and explained, right? To me, a lot of that now, I'm not saying we never explain anything, but at some point, right? 
and at some point that whole thing of explaining 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 it's begging for acceptance right it's like please like you know understand me I don't need to understand someone to love them right I don't even there's parts of me I don't understand but I I think okay it will come up like does it mean I'm not allowed to function in the world because I don't understand why I'm a certain way it's enough to recognize that you have certain patterns and then as you observe more will come up around that so yes I was talking about the rules and structure part of this that and and I'll be making the rules so no one person gets to make the rules in a relationship that's not relationship it's we all have deal breakers we all have things that we need or want and it doesn't make the other person bad right in the same way I mean think of it this way if you had to bring your favorite food and the other person had to bring their favorite food and you had to mix it together in a bowl right and eat it it doesn't make either of you wrong for bringing what you prefer or your own preferences now say for example um if one person likes i'm trying to think of something i don't know like an indian curry or something right that's their favorite food so they bring that the other person's favorite food is ice cream and if you mix that together how would that taste now you guys might taste it and think this is amazing right and then that's where you see these couples that are night and day difference but they balance each other out in some way they find something in each other that you know is home is home to them if you both like ice cream and you both like the same flavor of ice cream and you both bring it that might be too boring that may be too much of the same stuff those are individual preferences and even if you too, you do like, so, so I, I know it's not that simple, but in some ways that is what we do when we relate to people. We are bringing a certain flavor to the relationship. No one person makes the relationship and it wouldn't be fair. Why would you want to be in a relationship like that? I know I don't, I don't want to be in a relationship. I like, I've got a nuanced planet palette. I like different flavors. I like different things. But if one person just wants to be like spicy and angry and whatever all the time, right? I can maybe do a little bit of that, right? But I don't want that 24-7. I don't want that. That's just, that's who I am. I own it. And I like being that way. I like being a person. I like who I am, that I am quite positive. I'm optimistic. I'm always looking for a different way to work around things. There's always different options available. and everyone has a bad day and everyone complains you know even I do that but I cannot have a relationship that is built on that that's one of the things that I've learned about myself I just don't enjoy it and I don't really feel inclined to spend time with people like that because it's just who wants to hear someone complaining 24 7 right so so that's one of the things I own about myself and hey does that to some people seem like I'm, I'm uncaring does that seem to some people like you know that I'm just a detached cold alien who doesn't give a shit about anyone yeah and are they wrong no in their reality that's absolutely correct for them to frame me in that way because what they want is someone who's going to sit and eat that spicy food with them right all the time and they should be allowed to have that the other thing that we do is right that we can do is go on this kind of crazy hunt to keep finding people that that match I mean one of my things is that I have this really strong desire to explore relationships with people who walk their walk who who walk their talk right to put it that way and that does not mean like at at one point I I thought that meant that their talk was the same as my talk it doesn't have to be the same as my talk because I think truly powerful and confident people they do not need others to understand them they they hold their own space they hold their own frame they don't come into your space and the the dancing analogy that i gave and they don't need you to come into theirs to hold them up they're okay with being who they are and that's some of my favorite friendships that i have we are completely opposite on politics on spirituality on any kind of how we engage with life what we think about relationships on on any topic that you can think we believe different things but that isn't what makes the relationship so we we like different flavors right it's that need to we don't need to mix it all in one bowl 
I, so we will explain or we engage with each other in the same way. And, and those are the easiest relationships for me to be in because I feel like they're holding up half of the, the structure or the frame, Hierophant, right? Of the relationship. So am I. And, you know, we have some kind of ground rules, which is like, no matter what we believe, we, we don't belittle each other. We don't even try to change each other's minds. It's an interest. It's a curiosity. It's like, this is my friend. This is someone that I love. They are completely different from me, but I know in their heart of hearts, they're, they're, they're just that they love me. Right. So when they sit there and tell me something that, you know, it makes it easier because I know that's a, a really lovely, wonderful person. And so if I'd heard someone else say that, what this person's saying, I would have thought, what an arsehole. Like I might have done that. I might have thought this person's cruel, man. Why would they think that? Or why would they, don't they give a shit about kids or don't they give a shit about poor people or whatever? I, I, you might think that if it was a stranger on the internet, but because I know the heart of this person, I don't think that. And so I allow them to tell me like, why, why is this your talk? And how do you walk from this? How does it impact your life? There's another, I mean, I'm kind of going off. This got really much longer than I intended it to be. There's, there was a line. I was actually reading that book um last night. The, the fourth turning is here. It's the second book in that series. If you've seen Gen X, Millennial, blah, blah, everywhere, it's because everyone's reading this book, apparently. So there was a line at the beginning of, I didn't even get past the first line because I, I went off on this um tangent thinking about it. So I had to put the book down. But the line was something like, the fox knows many things. The hedgehog knows one big thing. And apparently it's hotly debated. There was an essay that was written by um Isaiah Berlin. I think it was in the 50s. And it was about Tolstoy, Leo Tolstoy's work. And it's about the different ways that we think. So I'm throwing this out there just to, at the end of this is the Aquarian part, the, the way that we think. We all think in different ways. Now, depending on who you ask, what that means, if the, a hedgehog or a fox, right? They will come up with different things. I saw one guy frame it as if, oh God, who'd want to be a stupid little hedgehog, right? Foxes are the best. And then there are other people who talk about, oh, I'm, I'm a hedgehog. You know, I'm really proud to be a hedgehog. And these foxes, who, who'd want to be like them? Like, you know, so everyone has their preferences there and it's hotly debated. Apparently there's been a lot of debates around, um, you know, what, what it means and the different types of thinking. So if anyone's read that essay, um, the hedgehog and the fro uh, the fox, but why it impacted me is, is that I, I was thinking, hearing about these different types of um they're not stereotypes but i guess themes or types of people and how they think and how they the connections that they make you know i think about not like focusing on one big thing and that may be humanity that may be whatever it is in a spiritual context do you see the way that all the different th threads lead back to this do you see that some people do some people don't some people are not interested in that or are you focused on the details of something, right? Are you focused so much? And I've noticed this in conversations. So, you know, even when I talk about these things um, of, it's very easy if you put something in a box. So be that the Hierophant, meaning of the Hierophant card, be that the High Priestess, be that the, I don't know, any meaning of the tarot, any, any self, just take the term self-imposed suffering. If you take that, we can laser focus on that thing and say, right, well, no, suffering is never self-imposed or blah, 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 you know, whatever. We can tear that apart. We can argue the merits of a political policy. We can argue a decision that is made within the family, right, on that thing, based on that one thing. So this is forget the I statements, well, although the I statements are always getting made all the time anyway, but forget that for a moment. We're taking this very literally on a decision that gets made, something that's done at work, whatever. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Right. So we're deciding that. And it's a fact, right? Some people will do it just on the merits of that one thing, right? You know, that no, that, you know, onions are bad or whatever that we're coming up with. But other times, right, there are other factors that come into it. 
And some people think in that way, in that, yeah, you know, I don't like this, but, and there's a whole other stream of things. This is the only time we're going to get a vacation. This is the only time where all of us get to spend time together. That why can't all of us just, you know, if we just all give a little bit and then it will work, that kind of thinking. And not everyone thinks the same way. And nor should everyone. The reason I bring that up is to show how different from each other we actually are. We have these broad concepts. We have these broad ideas of how we work, right? And so is the first port of call as I'm, you know, we're rounding out, ending Aquarius season here, moving into Pisces season, is the first port of call when we're looking at our self-imposed suffering of how we suffer is it this idea that other people should be like us or think like us or see the world like us? That is that the, the first thing? Do we not recognize our own uniqueness? And even in, take it from, you know, someone who's done the whole alien thing, you know, bloody ad nauseum, ad infinitum, right? You know, I have done that is if you are an alien, if you are different, right if if you are different this is this is the kind of um the paradox in a kind of way because we're so different right in the details in the details we are so different from each other we think in different ways we prefer different things we have different wounds right we have different fears and aspirations and hopes and what we want from each other you know those are all different and yet when we look at that difference and think, oh God, like, you know, I'm just so different from everyone. What the hell? Um, everyone else is this, that we have that in common. That is the commonality that each of us is unique, right? That each of us is unique. So then it doesn't become about trying to understand, you know, and, and I learned this since 2020. There are some things that I have watched again and again, and I've tried again and again, right, with all the social um, issues that came up in 2020, all the COVID stuff, all the, you know, um, racism, gender, everything, all this stuff that came up is agreeing or disagreeing doesn't change shit, right? It hasn't changed shit. It, it, it's battle lines that we've drawn, right? it's more war and it's like okay so there's no relationships when we agree or disagree or we only form relationships with those that we agree with right so what's the point of that so then I thought okay we need a deeper connection than just agreeing or disagreeing with people so moved on from that and then it was about understanding and one of the things that I have noticed and I have a friend me and a friend fell out actually for six months over this was this notion of and you can see it's the righteousness of your argument or your intention. When you think you know the right, you're so righteous in what you know or what you think. And I've done this myself, right? And it's like, well, if this person only understood me. So if they disagree with me, it just means they don't understand me. If they've taken what I've said in a bad way, it just means they don't understand me. And it's like, no, I can understand you and still not be on board or think that's a great way to go or not like that, right? That's, so I, I thought understanding people, like understanding the details, even that whole kind of straw manning or um, what do they call that? Um, is it iron? I forget the metal that they say. Basically making the other person's argument as strong as possible so you can just tear it down, right? that or straw manning is making it as weak as possible so you can it's easily torn down but even that I thought well this doesn't lead to connection and working together and human beings and coming to a solution like forget everything else you never have to talk to that person again three of pentacles Capricorn there was one other thing actually that I want to talk about I just remembered saying Capricorn so there are have to be different ways that we connect with each other that we find commonalities or share with one another if we hope to all have and the experience that we want to live the lives that we want but think about that again right and that's why i've talked about in relationship or in family dynamics or whatever that if you the way you approach life is i want to get everything that i want to get out of life and experience it the way that i want to right i think that is a way of self-imposed suffering that you can do that 
Or, and that could, that's not a bad thing. Like, think about this. If you want the house, the car, the vacations, the whatever, right? You, the, the jewelry, you want all of that, right? Then self-imposed suffering becomes the hours that you are willing to work and plug into a project and to a business to get it to succeed. So you make that much money. So even self-imposed suffering is not a bad thing. But it is when you are a victim of it. And that's part of the Pisces thing. It's when the self-imposed suffering is we don't see the self part and we are hell bent, stuck on an idea to have a certain experience. We can't have it. And so it hurts. And then it's like, well, no one ever gives me what I want. I can never meet the right person. You know, I've been working so hard and nothing. But then that we must look at it first from our own place that is this a form of self-imposed suffering that, you know, that I'm so attached to this idea of, of it being something that it doesn't really provide structure in my life. And yet I keep following the same rules. So the, the last thing that I wanted to say, and these are just ideas that I've had, it's a bit of a brain dump, this talk, um, is, you know, when we were with Pluto was in Capricorn and when we were talking, and this is not about Capricorn people, we're talking about the archetype of Capricorn and the themes around it. And it's a different way of approaching the world, right? And even if you are not interested in approaching the world in this different way, if you want to stay in the uh, the old way, right? And there will be people and that's, I don't even want to call it old, but just the way that it's always been done, hierophant, if you, and in relationships and whatever. Part of it is the power dynamics that come from hierarchical institutions, right? So it's like the only way that I can have power is to be CEO of the company. The only way that I can have power is to, you know, be a banker or to, you know, using some very kind of superficial in my, my, um, the way that I think anyway, in my opinion, um, examples. So when we, we talk about, you know, hierarchies or you're ahead of the curve, that's the term that I use. So if I said to you, you're ahead of the curve and we're looking at kind of more Capricorn kind of based notions of what that means, that means you're better you know more, you have more, you've got, you know, you're ahead of the competition. That is the Capricorn, of, and I'm calling it Capricorn, but I'm sure you guys can see it out in the world, that, you know, if, if you have better grades, if you are, you're, you've learned all this spiritual stuff and you have implemented it and you are like the best person at it, right? That you, there's no one better than you. And it's like, well, cool, I'm going to write the book. I'm going to sell the most books. I'm the best. That is an old way, I'm going to say that. That's old traditions, how we've done it, those old hierarchies. That shit doesn't fly in Aquarius. I'm not saying Aquarians don't do that. There's plenty of Aquarians that do, right? This is not about people. This is about if we get to the pure essence of Aquarius and the archetype of Aquarius. So now, if I say to you, you're ahead of the curve, right? You're ahead of the curve. Oh my God. Like, you know, I've done so many readings and nobody else seems to get this, but you seem to get this, right? It's not, it's not Capricorn land. It's not Capricorn land where it's like, yeah, I'm better than people. It means you have more of a responsibility on you in, in Aquarius because you are then asked to lead the way. If, if you are the, cause anything that you achieve now, how you move forward, you don't just do it for yourself. You do it for everyone to excel at something, to be, you know, if you're the the best spiritual teacher that there is, or the best tarot reader that there is, or, you know, the best astrologer that there is, right? You are not, it's, it's not for your own personal glory. You can have personal glory. You get to hopefully show up as the, the, the biggest expression of who you are individually, but you are not that that's I mean that's very Leo right that personal group you show up fully to do that because you understand it benefits the collective for you to do that now I say that let's bring it full circle right that when you walk your walk you walk for everyone there's no one to fight there's no one to compete with there's no one to do whatever you're not better than anyone it's an expression of the individual you bring uniquely to the table what you are and in fact, in, in something like this, right? It's not if we have 20 people all trying to do the same thing. Like say, I'll just pick tarot reading, right? So you have 20 tarot readers and they all read the tarot, right? And under kind of Capricorn or earth rules, you're going to look at, okay, so who do we pick as the best tarot reader? 
And it's like, it might be, okay, well, that person's been doing it the longest. They must be the best. Or that person has the newest way of doing it. That might be the best. Or this person has the greatest range of knowledge, right? You know, whatever it is, we might pick the best person. That's the hierarchical part of it. And we all have that. So, But if you look at, from an Aquarian viewpoint, and you look at 20 tarot readers, it would be the one who has made it their own. The one who sh- shows up more fully through what they are doing. And that is a difficult concept. That's a very difficult concept to embrace. Um, part of that is because we want things a certain way. And I could get into the whole history of it. If anyone knows, I think his name was Frederick Taylor, Taylorist standardization, which we are still living with in the Western world through, you know, and it, don't get me wrong. It had its pros. That's how we have industrialized so much and manufacturing and all that kind of stuff, right? That there was this standardization that happened however many hundreds of years ago. I don't remember when it was exactly, but the industrial revolution, a part of it was this. However, when we, and I I said this, if I could finish one thought, that would be amazing. I said this back on a live on YouTube. So this is not a new concept. This is a, a very Aquarian idea is I said, we are being rubbed down, ground down into identical nubs, right? And no, that's not something that I'm for. I don't want that. I don't care. I don't need people to be the same as me. I'm not trying to be the same as anyone else to fit in. That's the shadow of Aquarius that does that. There's no right way of being or thinking. I mean, collectively, we come up with right ways of being and thinking. But unless we can communicate with each other collectively, then we've lost our way. We don't know. And it might be easy right now to say, well, yeah, murder or whatever, right? But it's not that easy because then why are there wars? So these are conversations that we have. We collectively decide, that's the Hierophant, we collectively decide what gives our society structures and what gives the rules, right? And same with relationships and same with, you know, a work thing or whatever. But that you're not competing against anyone. You're not more enlightened than anyone. You're not more spiritual than anyone. You're not better at anything than anyone, right? But you you may be as well. That's that's the thing. Now, why do I say that? Because it's a contradiction. Because if you are, you are the one that is shining the brightest from that place. You are the one that is pouring that water out for others. Now, one of the things that, you know, I love Christopher Wateki. You guys know that. I think me and him work very similarly. And I always watch, I always make sure I do my weekly before I watch his weekly. Because I think sometimes it's very evident that we're both talking about the same energy, but from two very different perspectives. Um, But one of my favorite things that he's done, and I don't always you know, I I wouldn't use the same language as he does or talk about the same things, but I, I can see how we describe the same energy. One of the things I absolutely adore that he has done is he's been talking about since Pluto moved into Aquarius of how each sign is bringing something. Like you are showing the world how to do X, Y, and Z. That I love. Absolutely love that. Because that is what each of us are doing on an individual level as well. I am showing the world how to be Jay. That's all I can do. Not because I want the world to be Jay, because I understand the greatest good of the world is for me, Jay, to show up the most fully. That's that. That's the most honest thing to do. That's the most authentic thing to do. And, you know, um, it, if it is what the world wants, great. If it isn't, we'll know that too. But that means, that doesn't mean that I can't be me. I have to just be me. That's my only job is to give the world most fully myself. And that is, that is service. And I talk about service because of Pisces and Virgo. So I bring that up to, to realize that there are things that you are amazing at. There are things that you are a master at. You've heard me say that before, right? You've mastered it in the way that no one else has. And you don't bring that to the world from the point of view, you know, of, and you might have those point of view still. It's like bloody Pluto is going to be in Aquarius for 20 years. It's not like we're going to get it in the first five minutes, right? Of the 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 planet being in the sign. But when you move forward or when you're doing whatever, if it is, I'll show them or I'm going to be better than them or I'm going to earn more than them or whatever. 
I think that may be very, they're not so satisfying in life, right? If, if we look at it, of course, who am I to say that? You may still get satisfaction from that, but I can tell you about the weather and hey, you know, some people, it might, it may be, um, snowing outside, but if they want to wear a bikini and they want to get in their hot tub, they will do that and more power to them. But there are also those people that, want to know what the weather forecast is so they can pick out of their own wardrobe what they want to wear for that weather so do with it what you will if if what i say you think screw that no one tells me i can't wear a bikini get in your bikini i would say go for it i support you 100 on the other hand if you're like right time for my fairy boots and my my hat and my gloves and everything more power to you as well that is not a choice that anyone can take from you nor should they take from you I hope that, you know, some of this has churned up or brought up some things within yourself about what you're doing, where you're going, um, that kind of thing for you. I th- The reason I always say focus on the self, and I know it falls flat and I know it pisses people off because I have to deal with the pissed off people. Um, <laughs> but and I've dealt with pissed off people for seven years. I get it. But if, you know, this is not about blaming you. There's no blame here. Be whoever you are in that situation. Just be whoever you are. And sometimes you get to have a little sit down and think about it. Well, this is who I am or this is who I'd like to be. Sometimes you have to go from instinct. And then afterwards we get to reflect on what that instinct is. That, you know, a lot of a lot of what I've been in this community, in the spiritual community for a number of years, seven years now, right? And every idea, you know, it runs out at some point. It, it, it what's the word phrase I'm looking for? It um, is no longer useful, or you know, it starts to hinder us. It's limiting. It becomes limiting. No matter, no matter what freeing idea there is, it becomes limiting at some point. And you know, part of the the mindfulness stuff of the being in the present moment. It was amazing when all we're doing is worrying about the future. It's amazing to to bring ourselves back into the present moment, right? Um but think about that. If all you think about is here, right, here, right now, you will never deal with the past, right? You can ignore it, but it doesn't go away. It just festers away there. And you'll never plan for the future. So Everything has its pros and cons. Everything has its limits. And it's within the context of this and knowing where to apply as Virgo, knowing where to apply the discernment. You know, I always talk about the wheat that, yeah, if we're going to make bread, we need the, the tops of the stalks, right? We need the, the actual, the grain. But if we're about to thatch a roof, then we need the rest of it. We don't need that. You know, grain's not great on a, on a roof. So this is our own discernment that we make and it's a choice that we have and it's not about getting it right or wrong that's where the grace compassion kindness comes in suffering and pain is a part of life but how do we navigate that how do we make the choices that we make i'm gonna leave it right there i love you guys i will see you next time but that's all for now goodbye